shooting star in all the Alright, we are back. Um, got a new co-host this time. Uh, local Michigan, University of Michigan, uh, Michigan man, uh, J.P. Shady. Jakey, J.P., um, welcome to the program. Thank you, Jack. Uh, Jack and I are cousins, in case anyone was unaware, and I'm, I'm happy to be here. I was a, a previous listener to this extraordinary podcast, but I... I felt it was time to bring my incredible opinions yeah, well, to the Fully Torched podcast. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Those are really kind words. Um, so, a lot going on in the world. Um, you know, a lot of things going on with the uh, COVID-19 virus. Uh, China virus, as it's being referred to as by some. Our esteemed... Uh, uh, esteemed uh, leader of this country. Our, our esteemed, <laughs> um, you know, thorough, you know, never is a yeah, lost for words. Yeah, commander-in-chief. Yeah, our commander-in-chief. He never never shies away from giving an opinion. That's for uh, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. He's uh, a favorite of our, of our lovely grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people in his demographic, man, I feel like yeah. uh, a lot of those... A lot of those people that are, you know, getting a little up there in age that like to only drive on Sundays and drive really yeah. slow. Absolutely. They're Absolutely. they're kind of in the Donald Trump camp pretty firmly. Uh. Yeah, but uh, how he's handled the this pandemic, his his original his original response to it when it was really just in Europe and in Asia, wasn't really uh, as fast enough as it should have been. But his polls on how he's handling. This uh, this issue, this pandemic, have shown that well, people are kind of approving of what he's yeah, doing. He's well, like a, he was at like a fifty five percent approval rating. Yeah, his global COVID nineteen, his nationwide approval rating has gone up. Strangely enough, um, you know, I think it's one of those things where, um, in the beginning, he was not handling it very well. But to be fair, I don't think anybody really. Uh, like thought this was gonna be what it turned out to be. I think most people yeah. were kind of under- underestimating it in the beginning. Yeah. Now, it's one thing for your average Joe to underestimate it, and a different thing for the president of the United States to. But and not that I'm giving him a pass on it, but I can understand to some degree why he was underestimating it, just because of how or the efforts that China was going through to try and keep this under wraps. Yeah. They were yeah, seriously. They're shooting people, putting them in boxes. It's like if you had COVID-19, they were kind of just like putting you in a layaway until Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So you kind of just met your ultimate demise and then <laughs> It's uh, it was nothing like uh, or just like North Korea. They handled it pretty swiftly with the, the rumors that first guy who got yeah. it, they, they just they just offed him immediately. Yeah, they're pretty swift, certain, and severe. There's not <laughs> there's no real appealing process when it comes to the handling of COVID nineteen in in North Korea. It's almost like committing a murder if you really think mm-hmm. about it over there. Seriously, seriously. But and it's um. Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that uh, kind of transition into uh, something a little more relevant to the listeners, how it's affecting us here in the U.S. Now that it is such an issue with uh, Governor Whitmer's lockdown that she announced today, or not a lockdown, but a stay home, stay safe order. Right. And and how it's affecting uh, us local college students uh, as just I just want to get some of your thoughts on that. How as a grad student, what is uh, what has it been like for you? Um, I mean, it's two of my three classes were already online, so it's not a huge transition for me. Um, the only thing I will say is that the one class where I do, that I did have to go in that's now an online class, um, I thought he was just posting a video lecture every week, 
and then you could just watch it whenever and do the weekly homework. Uh, turns out you actually have to sign in at the time and watch the lecture live. So I learned that lesson kind of the hard way. But um, he was cool. He was pretty understanding. So it's pretty pretty easy transition. But how about for you? You usually don't yeah, do the yeah, online classes. No. Yeah, that's right. So I've been... We've been on online classes for a little over a week. Yeah, a little over a week now it is. We've been on online classes. And I mean, it's been a bit of a transition period. I had an exam canceled because it was you know, you the go. next day. Yeah, I mean, pass-fail class. I was already in a couple pass-fail classes as a second semester senior. So right. it, was, uh, it, was, it was a bit of a transition, especially with uh, classes that had discussion sections of 15 people where it's you know it's a lot of talking and a lot of communicating with your gsi personally grad student instructor that is so mm. it is uh it's definitely been a transition a lot more writing online and for a couple of my econ classes uh the ones that are more quantitative and uh, a little more numbers based i'm still waiting to see how we're going to figure that out when it comes to final exams but with the recent development that michigan made having uh, all classes be pass-fail, it, it really does help and kind of is going to let me cruise. So is that like you're either going to get a four-point or a zero? No, 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 no. So it's, it's, it's a so it's pass-fail. It's like you, so you either pass or you either fail, and it does not affect your GPA at all. And this was previously an option for, I mean, you can do this for a lot of classes. I don't think you have, for required gen eds, you can't do it, kind of like Spanish. Or some Spanishes, I think you can, but if anything for your major or your minor, you cannot take pass fail. You have to take it for a grade. Oh. But now they've kind of overruled that with the COVID nineteen that you you have to take it, or you don't have to take it pass fail, but you can take it pass fail. And it's they're assuming that everyone's taking it pass fail, but you can choose to unmask your grade sort of at the end of the semester if you think you did pretty well, and you can kind of choose between getting that letter grade or just taking the pass fail. And I was already in three out of my five classes pass-fail because I just kind of wanted to cruise the semester. Right. Yep, and naturally. then I was able to – and then the two classes that I wasn't in were my econ classes because I had to get enough credits to graduate with the econ degree. And so those were going to be the, the most difficult classes. So the pass-fail development was pretty nice because now I just I, – because I did pretty well in the midterms. So the second semester, uh, the second semester was – before maybe a little more difficult than I would have hoped when I was when I was a freshman thinking about being a second semester senior, but now I'm just kind of cruising. But I mean, I'm cruising at home. I'm not right. in school. So, well, so when a when a class is pass fail, what's kind of like that threshold where a pass turns into a fail? Is that like the C range somewhere in there? It's a C minus is the minimum. A C minus. So, like, if you get a C minus, you're probably not going to unmask that grade. You're just going to take the pass. Oh yeah, because I'm, I'm sitting at about nothing special, like three four, and but it's not terrible. And with the two grades that I would have been expecting in my econ classes, that would have actually counted towards my final GPA, would probably have lowered that. So yeah, I w I'm going to take. I'm gonna, definitely going to take the the pass fails it's just like and especially because i know the, mid, the finals are going to be hard and i can't don't really know what to expect right with them being online especially in an econ class that is very quantitative and requires a lot of calculations and it's usually a lot of free response you know writing out equations you know plugging and chugging stuff like that so i don't really know how that that would work online and I'm a little nervous to see how it does, but now with the pass fail, I can you know take it a little yeah, easier. Yeah, kind of, kind of cruise home. Yeah, I mean, this would definitely be a letter, be a lot better cruising if I was up in Ann Arbor with the boys. But right, <laughs> that's not the case now. I'm stuck at home. So, what was kind of like the temperature in Ann Arbor going into, like, in the days leading up to this kind of? just everybody coming to the realization all at the same time that this was something that needs to be taken seriously and is for real. What was like that, that like were people kind of freaking out or was it just kind of like, all right, we're chilling, but we kind of got to, you know, we got to relax a little bit. Like were people 
people still were going to the bars as long as they could? Oh, or absolutely. Was- oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's no two ways about it. It was a, it was a little, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't, I wasn't, when it was just, when it hit the U.S., I was downplaying it like a lot of other people. Even when it did hit the, the western states like California and there was that big issue with the Diamond Princess cruise ship, I was still You were still in denial skeptical, a little bit a little, there. I wasn't denial. I was a little just skeptical about, you know, how bad this could be. And when I saw people kind of freaking out about it, I was like, but is it really that bad? Because I was kind of looking at the, the mortality rates and who it's really affecting. And right. how it was really just affecting, you know, the immunocompromised. So, I mean, obviously, still very, still a big issue. Right. It could, it could lead to their deaths. So, obviously, that's terrible. But I was, you know, downplayed a little bit because of, like, you know, healthy college students. You kind of think you're invincible. So, right. Well, I think there's we, a little of that in everybody. Yeah. So, it was playing down. But then, then it hit, you know, it started hitting. It hit Michigan. Uh, a couple days before that they actually kind of closed everything down. Mm -hmm. And that's when people kind of started getting worried. And then there was a confirmed case at the UMich, the Michigan hospital. And that was, that was like, uh, that was like, that was sound the alarms. That's when people were like, that's when MSU had closed down earlier that day, Michigan state. And that's when people were like, okay, but still (laughs) this is, you know, a little embarrassing for me, but but I the night that it closed, I still went to the bar, and I went to the bar the next night too. Yeah, you, you and, Gen Zers are really contributing to this <laughs> spread, man. Uh, well, it wasn't. I mean, there actually haven't been that many cases in Ann Arbor and Washtenaw County. I mean that you know, no thanks to us, but right, it was, uh, it was, it wasn't. It still wasn't hitting people like it probably should have, myself included, where you realize, okay, social distancing, you know, self-monitoring, if, you, if you're feeling a little ill, would be smart. I mean, St. Patrick's Day was really when, which was that Saturday. So right. three or four days later, after they closed everything, everything down, that was really the day that I felt like, okay, this is real. Like, people are going to start taking this seriously, and, you know, Ann Arbor is clearing out. Because that's like, that's one of the biggest, you know, rager, darty right. days that you're going to find in Ann Arbor. That's like huge. And I was walking around. I went to a friend's house because I was still in Ann Arbor just to chill and drink a little bit. And there was just nobody out there. It was clearing out. A lot of people had already left. And that's when I kind of looked around and said, okay, okay, maybe it's time to go pretty soon. That's- because people are clearing out. And, the bu- and I think the bars and restaurants closed about two days later. And that's when it was like. You know, then it was like clear. Down. Yeah, so seriously. It, so was it like, was it pretty apparent when you were walking around um, on St. Patrick's Day that this is probably, you know, your last day of really a normal going it, out, going to the bar lifestyle, like hanging out not, like that? I would, I would say that wouldn't. I would have said the Thursday before that Saturday. Well, because it wasn't actual St. Patrick's Day. It was right. the Saturday right. It was like the the it, 14th. Was, yeah. The Saturday would have been the 14th, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this would have... I said two days before the Thursday when I went to the bar that I live right right above. And it was not very packed and... I mean, still a fair amount of people. And then I went to another, one of the bigger bars, Skeeps, you know, pretty well. Mm -hmm. One of the bigger bars in Ann Arbor. And it was, you know, just crazy packed. And it was just like a normal Saturday. Like a normal Saturday in the fall when it's just insane. Really? Oh, yeah. It was insane. There's huge lines, tons of people. You know, everyone's just acting normal. And, but then we, we, obviously, that night ended. Next day, that's when people started to kind that's of That's when the out. murmurs that's started. When, that's when the mur- That's when people were like, okay, the bars probably don't have them much longer. The restaurants, who knows what's going to go on with them. And that's when people started buying their tickets, going to the airport, heading home. Just saying, like, a lot of my friends were like, some from Texas, New York, New Jersey, whatever. They're like, I'm going to go in for two weeks, see what happens, because it was online classes that had already been established. And just kind of figure things out at that point. And yeah. just wait two weeks. They didn't pack up all their stuff or anything, but they went home. They're going to reevaluate the situation and possibly come back. 
but really it just ended up being that things Bam. got progressively worse day to day. Yeah. And now we're at a point where it's, you know, unlikely that people come back until the summer to pick up their stuff that they're probably not coming at back least. to the school year. Yeah, seriously, at least. It's just, it's crazy how, and I know we're going to get into talking about sports in a little bit. Sure. But it's honestly, it kind of is like the whole Tom Brady situation where you hear the whole time that Tom Brady's leaving and you keep hearing Tom Brady's leaving, Tom Brady's leaving. But, yeah, but you're not, you don't believe it. Right. And then he leaves and you're shocked that he left. And it's kind of like the same thing with coronavirus. Like people are telling you on the news, like we're going to have a huge spread of this at some point. We're going to have a huge spread. We're going to have a huge spread. Yeah, and then it starts spreading, and everybody's like, "Whoa!" But that this, that, this that just kind of goes back to the not like kind of like the fake news type stuff, where it's like, <laughs> "Who do you believe? You know what what networks do you believe? Who's kind of over exaggerating? Who's actually telling the right. truth? Who's giving you like the, the, the straight arrow just answer answers to a lot of your biggest questions? And it's like you don't know who to who to believe, who to trust. You know, you got Twitter." Right. Facebook, you got people throwing stuff out all over the place like, oh, this is a huge deal or, oh, this isn't that big a deal. Right. Like, Who do you believe? Whereas in Tom Brady, you just like sports is like, it's just rumors. Like, you know, it's all rumors. right. It's all just the rumor mill. Yeah. It's a rumor mill. And it's like not affecting really affecting people's livelihoods and health. Right. So it's it's yeah, it's kind of like that. And but I but I agree. It's it is. It was kind of like the Tom Brady thing. And on a lesser level where, or that the Tom Brady was kind of like on a lesser level of, you know, okay, like this probably isn't that, like this is not going to happen. It's probably not going to happen to us. It's not that bad. And then boom, it just kind of happens. Right. Well, I think, I think that when, I think it started to really become apparent that like something was going to start happening was just when everything started happening with that, that cruise ship in Washington. Like, you know, this is, this is here now and it's going to spread because we know what happened in China with, and just globally and across that country or across that continent, um, how everything just happened so quickly and a lot quicker than we even really knew. Like, it's just crazy how it's, how it's all gone. And I know it kind of come together. Right, and we we saw the same thing with like the NCAA tournament and all the other sports. Right. It was like, yeah, they were all announcing like, okay, we're gonna play without fans for like two or three weeks, and then they made that announcement, and then like the same day as they made that announcement, we're like, yeah, everything's suspended. Yeah, so uh, yeah, just, that like, I feel like because we did get to see, like, I feel like if we got to see a full day of like the ACC tournament, Big Ten tournament playing with just zero fans, with all, like, the bigger teams, like, you know, Duke, Louisville, Michigan, Michigan State, like, those teams, like, you know, playing big games with nobody there, we would kind of, I don't know, realize the situation we were in a little bit better, and it would have kind of brought things into perspective, but we didn't really ever get to see them, those games. There was, like, half, like, Creighton versus St. John's, I believe, was the only kind of meaningful game. Right, and that game only no got... fans. But they get to a half. They canceled it at halftime. That's so crazy. Like I, I wasn't, I wasn't watching any of those games. But like the fact that they just at halftime they go in, start making adjustments, and they're like, "Yeah, don't come back out for the second half." And yeah, the game's over. It's just like, yeah, it's so yeah, sad. It like I, I've, I've been watching just one shining moment montage videos on my <laughs> yeah. phone, like. Oh, yeah. I watched the 2009 One Shining Moment yesterday where State got blown out by North Carolina <laughs> in the national championship. Yeah, just... yeah. I mean, I've been I, I've been kind of doing the same thing. I've been watching the uh, highlights of uh, Michigan's the 2012 run with Trey Burke and the, and the crew getting, getting to the championship against right. Louisville when, and then blowing it. Right, when Trey like, Burke fouled Peyton yeah. Siva. No, that was just not a foul. That was the most ridiculous <laughs> call of all time. I mean, no, have... he hacked him. No, no, he hacked him. Uh, I mean, would they? Would they have won that game if that foul wasn't called? You know, maybe, probably not, because Luke Hancock couldn't miss a three to save his life. He was on fire, and if Trey Burke stays in the game, do they still 
they they definitely have a better chance. But do right. they win? I mean, it's 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 who knows. Yeah, like that didn't decide the game. Like that one foul didn't decide the game, but it was still disappointing. Right. Well, so what are some as a as a Michigan, you know, University of Michigan genius, Michigan Ann Arbor man? Um, what are some of the the dietary precautions and just general precautions that you're taking to making sure you don't contribute or con- contract COVID-19 and contribute to the spread of COVID-19. Are you doing anything, anything special, anything different? Not particularly, not particularly. Um, I mean, obviously the, the big thing is to, you know, social distance. And now with, Governor Wimmer just said, stay home at all possible, like when it's possible. Right. Yeah. You know, and then we'll go to the grocery store or going to get necessities. So, but other than that, I mean, it's, it's tough. I'm, <laughs> I'm no doctor. <laughs> uh, it's, I, I've, this disease is still kind of like a mystery, it's like even to medical professionals. Right. So. That's, that's like, honestly, I think that's what's the scariest thing is just that the doctors even are at a loss and they just don't really know what to do with this whole thing. And I mean, even like when you hear Dr. Fauci, who is like a world renowned, I don't even know what kind of doctor he is, but a doctor and he can't, and he, he's going up there and saying, if you think you have COVID-19 take Tylenol, like, yeah, that doesn't really, he's a, he's a, he's a, uh, I got this right. He's an immunologist or an immunologist. Okay. So, so yeah, you know, so study the immune system, right? So when you hear a guy like that saying that if you have COVID, take Tylenol, that doesn't really inspire a lot of optimism. Yeah, a lot of hope. I mean, that's for sure. But I know scientists and doctors everywhere just going at it, trying to find a, a cure for this thing. But it's they're not. I mean, it's still nothing concrete yet. So you just kind of got to make do with what you have. Do you think that we're at the point yet where, like, if you went to the the grocery store and threw one punch, like, all hell would just break loose at that particular grocery store? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Probably not yet. I feel like... I feel like things would have to get a lot worse. Because, I mean, I was... They're going was, to, though. I mean, yeah, they probably. I, mean, I not to be like a fear monger or anything, but they definitely will get a little. Things are getting a little worse. That's just expected because of how high the infection or the and like. You can there's so easily transmitted. Right. How easy it is to get infected. Uh, but I was at you know Plum Market today, and everything was kind of just business as normal. Like a chill, business as usual. Chill and easy yeah, it was chill. There. Like no, throwing a punch when you know. <laughs> cause anarchy people would just be like you know what the hell <laughs> right okay i don't know i'm i'm start i was at walmart yesterday and everyone just kind of seemed a little a little uh uneasy just a little you know unsure of things and it's kind of just i don't know it's just crazy like this is like the one of the, this is i mean this is going to be something that we're going to look back on and two or three years and just be like, holy hell, this was Seriously. We're probably never going to, I mean, hopefully we're never going to see anything like this ever again. I mean, yeah, this is like a once in a, this is a once in a lifetime. Right. And I mean, even that. when you've had like other outbreaks and stuff like that, it was like, like Zika or, or Ebola. Ebola yeah. And it was those, those things were like, you get it like they're transmitted through blood. So like yeah. all you have to do is not get someone's blood in your own bloodstream and you're not going to yeah. get Ebola. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. So then that's pretty easy. But whereas like if someone's five feet away from you and they breathe on you, you could potentially get this. It's just like, it's kind of just like, what do you do? Like, I know it is. I mean, it's, but it's, and it's also just, there's so many cases where it's asymptomatic and people just have no idea. Well, yeah, and that's true. And, and that goes into a lot of the fear mongering stuff. And it's like the number of cases that they've reported. And it was a thing today. They said it was somewhere around like 10, 10 or like 1050. Yeah. So you got to think about that number and then probably multiply it by two or three. 
and then take the deaths from there. So really the death rate is probably a lot lower than it's being reported as because there's so many people that get this and then yes, it's just asymptomatic. Yeah, I mean there's yeah, there's two I mean there's two sides of the road to that. The mortality rate is definitely a lot lower, especially in the US. But right. also the number of people who have been infected is considerably higher. Right. Well, so it's just that people it's a, it's a, aren't taking it seriously. Yeah, I mean, I think people are kind of starting to take it seriously now. Um, I mean, as, a, as sad as it sounds, you kind of need a a big one. You need a big celebrity to get it. And a death or two. It's happened. Right. Multiple. I mean, multiple. You know, NBA players. Sean Payton has it. Tom Hanks. KD Trey it, Five. Yeah, yeah. Your 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 Instagram friend. Yeah, a noted <laughs> hater of me. A noted hater of Jack Devine, and Jack Devine is also a noted hater of, of KD. No, I don't hate KD. I, oh, yeah, I tried to patch things up before before he ended up blocking me, but he, we kind of yeah. just we kind of you know hit an impasse in our conversation. He ended up blocking me, but I'm sure we'll at some point or another uh, cross paths again, and I, we'll we'll make up. I think. I like to yeah. think me and KD will. There's better times ahead for. In the relationship with me and KD, I would like to think. Yeah, but, well, you, you you could hope, but I was just back to what I was saying. It's like people don't really start taking it serious until like like an icon type person gets it and starts you know speaking out, kind of like Tom Hanks or I just Elba like twin, or, or like yeah, I just Elba, and then Charles Barkley didn't end up having it, but he was tested for it and then making a big announcement on twitter saying take this seriously danny devito i saw made another announcement talking about uh governor cuomo's big speech in new york about you know stay at home so it's i feel like people are definitely now trying to or starting to take a little more seriously because you know those big actors athletes people that the public really looks up to are starting to speak out whereas you know there's a lot of distrust amongst politicians just that's just in general. That's just kind of how it is. Right. People don't. If you're not uh, leaning on that side of the party, everything they say, you know, you're just right. and, it's wrong. And just because you lean a certain way, that doesn't mean you believe. I mean, just if you're a Republican or if you're a Democrat, just because you're a Republican yeah. doesn't mean you trust everything Republicans say. No, and I mean, and that's same goes for Democrats. True. Absolutely. Yeah. As I say, it's really there's just there always is and there always will be a little bit of distrust amongst politicians and probably for you know for good reason because of just right. well, scandals I'm, upon scandals and you know it's just the well, the sort of corrupt nature of, right. of politics it's just that's just kind of how it is i mean as but the u.s has kind of the u.s has not been as obviously bad as other countries you know dictatorships and right. whatnot but it's still it's not it's not sparkling clean like it happens like we know this. Well, I mean, you see a lot of and I'm not trying to single out Democrats because Republicans do it, too. But like I remember when Kamala Harris was trying to make her run a president, she says in a speech and I believe it was Iowa that she wants to get rid of, um, you know, single care provider health insurance or, you know, um, single provider health insurance or private health insurance. And then the next day. Or that night, Twitter blows up and like gets all mad at her, and they're like, "Oh, we don't want you to get rid of that." And then the next day, she's on like the View, and she says, "Oh, I don't want to get rid of private health insurance." And it's just like, okay, like politicians will really just say yeah. whatever they whatever they need to say to get them elected. Like they, the, I so, yeah, I mean that's that's just yeah, that's what happens. That's like, just the, the nature when of it. When you're campaigning, you're gonna oh yeah, when you're campaigning, you're gonna. You're going to say what you think the people want to hear to boost up your points in the poll. Right. And I mean, we've seen it for a hundred years where politicians are like, oh, well, if I get into office, I'm really going to help the poor. It's like, well, you know, people have been saying that for 60 years and there's really been pretty much nothing done to help poor people. So forgive me if I don't believe that you're going to come in and just go out of your way to really make a big difference for poor people. Yeah. Yeah. But. It's, I mean, it's, and there's like, you gotta, you gotta remember that, you know, Congress has the power of the purse. You got, you got, do you still have the, you got the three, you got a uh, balance of powers. Yeah. The check executive, and balances. 
yeah, check, judiciary, legislative, it's checks and balances. You, the president does have, it's not like North Korea where Kim Jong-un is calling all the shots and makes, you know, every big decision without right. any any people contesting it. It's, it, 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 you got to go through with proper channels and it makes it a little more difficult to get things done, but. Right, and I see. Now, oh, sorry. Oh, well, you see the same things from like both parties in that in that sense where like when Donald Trump was elected, People were like, oh, my God, he's going to take away rights from all women, all gay people, all black people, like all demographics. Like, he's not a dictator. He's not going to be he even if he wanted to, which I don't think he wanted to, he would not be able to do that. And the same thing with Bernie Sanders, like he's not going to be able to institute like blanket socialism in our country. Like he just wouldn't be able to do it. It would never get no. It would never get actually approved by. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the big examples would be uh, Andrew Yang who really campaigned about the freedom dividend is what he called it a thousand. I also, I honestly kind of like Yang, but he talked talking about a thousand dollars a month for every American over the age of 18. That'd be a tough, that'd be a tough thing to pass. Yeah. I mean, like I would, I would take an extra thousand dollars a month. Oh, I, Oh yeah. But at Sorry. the end of the day, if you do that, it kind of devalues it in a sense, just because, Oh yeah. 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 I mean, it's good. It's going to cause a little bit, you know, not huge, but a little marginal it'll, cause. Inflation. Yeah. It'll cost inflation, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Do you want to uh, switch over to uh, switch over to sports? Yeah. No. Yeah. Sure. You got any more final thoughts on COVID nineteen? Any other any other precautions you're taking? Any uh, secret recipes or anything no. like that you've got? Unfortunately, not. It's just mom's doing most of the cooking right now. There so you go. I'm chilling. You know, watching Netflix, Amazon, just mm-hmm. staying safe and doing my part to hopefully end this thing. Yeah. Well, this is like. If you've been a gamer your whole life, this is like your time. Yeah, I don't know where my Xbox is. So it's somewhere in Ann Arbor, but I don't know where. You might and need to hunt that down. Yeah, that was kind of part of the plan. I was kind of part I was uh looking to go back up tomorrow or Wednesday, but now with the stay home, stay safe order and right. Laura Shady being a little uh a little panicked. I don't She's think panicked. Get out of here. Are you using yeah, the P she- word? She's, well, she's convinced somebody at her work had coronavirus, so. So, a little bit of yeah. little bit of the P word going on there. Yeah, a bit of the P word, a bit of the P word. But, all right, we can get into NFL free agency now. So, do you want to do free agency as a whole, or do you want to just start with the Lions? I, I'd love to start with the Lions, and they're just... Another bad offseason. I, I wouldn't say abysmal, but it was definitely disappointing. It was... I mean, it was pretty typical. I mean, it was typical for sure. You could kind of – you knew they were going to bolster the D-line. D-line, O-line, and DBs were going to be the three big things that they were going to go after in free agency because their defense last year was horrendous. Historically it was, bad. It was historic. It was honestly one of the worst defenses I have ever seen in the National Football League. Yeah, was- I mean, I get it if you're kind of like one of those teams that just sends an all-out blitz – and you all the time, and you you get burnt naturally. The safeties or DBs get burnt, and you kind of allow some big plays. It was like the complete opposite for them. But the thing with the it was the it was the Lions. It was like they were in Madden, and they were playing you know cover six or something every single play. <laughs> like yeah, Hail it was Mary like third defense. down and twenty five on every down. Yeah, I'm like I'm, I'm third and five. They're rushing three. Yeah, and, they're like, we'll give you seven, but you're not going to score a touchdown. Yeah, and the quarterback has a year to throw the ball because our off our defensive linemen were. I mean, it's three on five to start, which is you know right. You yeah, don't have also, much of a chance. No, and then our defense. I mean, Trey Flowers kind of picked it up towards the end, but he was definitely not. He was disappointing. He was just definitely disappointing. And then you had a rotation of like Romeo Quara and. I can't even think of the second. <laughs> That's yeah. how like how many nobodies there are on the defensive line uh, coming in, being the opposite defensive end. And then if it's not third down, he has Snacks Harrison in the game. If they're not running it, like, yeah. he's not moving. And he's, he's, he literally was, didn't. He was he was bad last season with the Capitol. He stunk. Yeah, it was not really disappointing when they cut him. It was kind of it was definitely it was necessary. Um, I mean, I'm sure he wanted out, too, with all that's coming out about Patricia's regime and how he's alienated a bunch of players. And right. 
how they, they, they really don't have a lot of respect for him. It's kind of understandable why they would part ways mutually. I mean, was that even really a surprise, though? No. I mean, no, you can. Yeah, like you can tell these guys just don't like him. You can tell, and you can also just. It's just like, you can just. It's really easy to imagine what he was like when he first came in there, coming from New England under Bill Belichick, super successful, multiple Super Bowl rings. Super Bowl rings. It's like. And as the defensive coordinator, you know, one of the second or third highest coaching position, depending on the team. Right. It's you're going to think pretty highly of yourself, even though his defense wasn't that great in his last couple of years. No, it was terrible. Got torched by foot long foals in the Super Bowl. <laughs> it, uh, I've never it heard was, him refer. <laughs> that you I mean, I've, I've heard. I've heard of the other other nickname, yeah. but I've never heard foot long foals. Yeah, foot long foals. So he torched them. It's a little more PG nickname, but not yeah, really. I understand. It's, he torched him in the Super Bowl, and it was like, okay, like this guy, because this was at this point we knew he was going to be the, the Lions head coach. Like right. it had already been announced, but he was still coaching in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So it's like you're thinking to yourself, this guy's supposed to be a defensive whiz, yet his team is getting and forty one. <laughs> Yeah. Nick Foles drops 41 on you in the Super Bowl. Yeah, 41 to 33 was the final score. Yeah, that's right. And it it was, yeah, Nick Foles, I mean, he had a magical postseason run, nothing to take away from him. But, but like, you should be able to yeah, give up less than was, 41. Seriously, you should be able to limit a team like that, a team that was still riddled with injuries. But, um, yeah, it was that was just kind of the first red flag. And you can kind of tell that when he was coming in, to the team, he would he would have this sort of, you know, not swagger, but this sort of moxie to him that was like this entitlement. Not, I thought it was more yeah, entitlement. Bit of entitlement, yeah, for sure. Like a a I've earned. I was on this team. I have these rings. And like, like you guys, you you guys are you know a part. You're of the lucky to have me. Yes, you're part of one of the worst franchises in the history of sports. And I'm coming in from one of the most successful. Right, he's coming in like he's the cock of the walk, and really he's just he's just a a buffoon with a pencil. And then he's trying to instill the the sort of values that they're coming from New England, kind of do the Patriot way, as people call it, with the the sprinting at practice. You know, the sort of mean goal, yelling type head coach like Bill Belichick. The you know, do your job. Right. I don't want to hear the excuses like work harder, like the the grumpy old man type type thing. But Bill Belichick made it successful. He that was his thing. That was that was like his right. That was just like his what he made so special. And Matt Patricia is just clearly not that guy. Right. He can't do it while getting respect from his players the way Bill Belichick does it. He is doing it and alienating players and making them and really just pissing them off. Which, for a team with already not superior talent, it just makes things worse. Right. And, well, like, they're really not doing anything the Patriot way. Because if you think about, like, last offseason, they wanted a slot wide receiver. So they paid Danny Amendola, like, what was it, $8 million or something a year? Yeah. So do you think the Patriots would have paid a 30-something receiver $8 million a year? Or drafted a guy like Hunter Renfro in the fifth round and had him play the slot. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, they've always the Patriots. Even though recently their drafting hasn't been that great. No, their drafting they, hasn't been great, but always, like they, they still they still yeah, get they, value they, out of those later rounds. Historically, yes, they have definitely gotten value out of the later round picks. And no, they would not have signed Danny Amendola to well, the contract that the Lions did, but they. Uh, they they also a team who can who has kind of coined bringing in the the known like bad eggs right and molding them into or the, the troublemakers and molding them into the Patriot system right and having Bill Belichick's authority and discipline like kind of tone them down and just have them focus on football kind of you know like Randy Moss probably the most right uh, yeah probably the most well known example I mean Antonio Brown obviously failed that didn't but that, that was doomed. Be, yeah, I mean, he was just, he was on another level. He's clearly got some issues, but that's kind of what they did. And then, but like, those are, 
super talent, like ultra talented players. Whereas the Lions, they can like get talented players, but you know if they start acting out a little bit or making some noise in the locker room and not doing exactly what Patricia wants, he's just shipping them right off. Right, and it's become really apparent since Quandre Diggs was traded about why that happened because everybody's super confused. Like you signed the guy to a three-year contract in the offseason, not crazy money, you're getting good you're getting good play out of him, and then he's just shipped out for, I believe it was a fifth-round pick, and then it's kind of just like, why did this happen? And then in the following weeks and months, you start hearing, oh, he was trying to speak up and change kind of the scheme and speaking up speaking out against what they were doing defensively. And they instead of listening to a veteran and one of your most respected players on the team as a captain, they just ship him out. And then that just says yeah. to a lot of the veterans, it's mm-hmm. like, we yeah. don't value your opinion. And it's... and. You know, maybe in college that works, but when you get to the pros and you're unproven and you're in your first time being a head coach and you have no rings that you've really earned yourself to show for it, people aren't just, they're just not going to respect you when you're doing, when you're conducting business that way. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, you know, they just cut Devin Kennard, another team captain this, this offseason. Right. And, and not just, not to say he was a superstar or anything. No. You know, Quand- as in Quandre Diggs wasn't either, but. But his play was just, outperforming yeah. what he was getting paid. Yeah. His seven sacks, I believe it was the past two years. Yeah. On the team that's hard pressed to find people that can get sacks. Right. And just think and, if they were actually bringing consistent pressure, how many sacks he'd have. Like he'd have, oh, he's getting seven sacks when. He has probably at least one lineman in front of him, if not a lineman and a running back or two linemen. So, I mean, you have to think if they were running like a normal scheme or a scheme that made sense defensively, he's probably getting 10 or 11 sacks. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, The big problem that that I kind of had with Devin Kennard and that I have with the rest of the linebackers is that they just can't drop into coverage. No, they can't cover at all. It's... It's running backs and tight ends just really torch them on those short routes, and they can just break off big plays, and it's it's a real issue, especially in the type of defensive system they're running, where it's mostly a lot of man coverage, and with our mediocre at best defensive line not getting to the quarterback, they have all day to run around these linebackers, and eventually they're just going to get even too t- like they're not great to start with, and they're just going to get too tired. Right, and it's. Just- I don't I don't really understand what they expect to do. And then then they signed Chase Daniel too and it and then I the I had two problems with that. One, they gave him like three and a half million dollars a year to be their backup. Yeah. Which is that, just that was weird. Way too much to be a backup. And then two, that just tells the rest of the league you have no intention of drafting Tua. And yeah. even if you really don't have any intention of drafting Tua, you need yeah, to you make don't. it seem like you do because there's no reason to stay at three and not if you're not taking Tua. That's definitely true. I mean, the only other guy that I could see them take that they could take at three that I would be happy with would probably be Isaiah Simmons because I think personally think he's undervalued in this draft. I think he's I think he's a top four prospect. Just he's in the I think he's in that group with Chase Young and then Burrow and Tua as in some a guy who can be a transcendental type player that really changes one side of the ball for a team. But I, I mean, I'm not sure they're even going to take him. I mean, will they take Okuda or Derek Brown? Who knows? But they could get Okuda and Derek Brown. Right, they can get them at five if they were to trade back with the Dolphins. But well, and the Dolphins seem like they're kind of going for it. They do. I mean, they they spent big in free agency, but now. The Dolphins just clearly know. I mean, and every chance, the every cha- every time someone there's like a little rumor about is, is Matt Stafford gone? Is he going to stay? I mean, the Lions are just boom immediately public statement like we support our quarterback. So you know it's not going to happen, right? And the, and the Giants. I mean, the, there have been rumors that Tua might go two to the Redskins, and that the Redskins aren't happy with Dwayne Haskins, but they just traded for Kyle Allen earlier today. So I think that probably ends the the possibility of Tua going at two. So right. you got 
you got Chase Young going too. He's off the board. And you got Joe Burrow at in one. all likelihood going one. Yes, unless, you know, something major and ridiculous happens. So it's basically you're looking at at, at four. Uh, I, I don't see any reason why the Giants would want to move on from Daniel Jones this quick. Not to say he was incredible last year, but he was. He showed promise. A, he showed promise as a rookie quarterback, especially one that had a lot of question marks coming out of college. And, and who had. He had no receiving core, and his offensive line was still very depleted oh, and not horrendous. very good. Yes, very, yes. So he uh, he does, and he still has Saquon with him, and I'm sure they're building a bit of a connection. So he's there's definitely going to give him a, a, at least a year or two to kind to show that he can be what they wanted to be, like an Eli Manning of old. You know, a right. game man, a good, great game manager quarterback that can pick it up. Ah, uh, great. Oh, he's great. He was great, and he was great those two those two years they won the Super Bowl. He was he's a Hall of Fame QB. You know, we never won QB. a playoff game other than those two years. Didn't matter. What's the point of winning a playoff game if you're not going to win the Super Bowl? Well, that's I mean, that's that's true. I guess. I don't know. Uh, I've never Eli just he never was he never had a year where anybody really thought he was that good. No, I mean. Like, there was never a year where yeah. everybody was like, okay, this year we got to look out for Eli Manning. Like, that never yeah, happened. He's, he's, not, he's, not a Patrick, he's not a Patrick Mahomes. He's not a Rodgers. He's not a Drew Brees. He's a, he's a game manager. He's an Eli Manning. That's what he, he is. He's a game manager. He's not, he's not his brother. He's not, he's not Peyton in his prime. Eli's a game manager. <laughs> he's like, he's a guy that you just want to hit the, the easy throws, occasionally make a great throw. <laughs> but, just real, but just don't do anything stupid and really mess it up. Which unfortunately he which he's did done. at the end, which he's done because he's Eli. But he also, you know, it, towards the end they definitely should not have stuck with him. But before that, when he was kind of messing up, you could they gave him a little leniency because of what he did those two Super Bowl years. So, yeah, I, I mean, mean, yeah, he won two the, Super Bowls, but yeah. So I, so yeah, so that's what I kind of think they're looking at with they're trying to get out of Daniel Jones and they're trying to build up the rest of their roster. But if you're going to talk about, I mean, just in general, I and then the other, I just want to go back to kind of the Lions, the rest of their signings, with uh, Big V, Vitae on the offensive line. Terrible. Career, career backup. And then they there's no there's no argument. They grossly overpaid him. Like, they, no one can dispute that. You have to. I mean, well, okay. One, they, they are stupid to do that. And two, if you want a free agent to come to Detroit, you have to overpay them. Like, yeah. you're in Detroit, and you were the third worst team in the league last year. You have well, to overpay okay. to get somebody to come here. That's just that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that, that absolutely. It absolutely is. You, you can't you, – this is not a desirable des- destination currently. No, Rotunda you're Drive not- and Ford Field's not somewhere where little kids no. dream about playing someday. No, especially with all this coming, about, coming out about, as we talked about, uh, Patricia – you know, a mediocre franchise and a mediocre coach, like no thanks unless the money's right. And so they had to give that to Vitae, who I'm not going to write him off just yet. I mean, they overpaid him. They definitely overpaid him. But I'm not going to write him off as a starter just yet because although he's been a, a career short, four-year career backup, I mean, he's been behind Lane, like the likes of Lane Johnson and Jason Peters. Right. You know, two, two incredible offensive tackles. I mean, in the Super Bowl – he in the, he played in the Super Bowl where, you know, like you said, yeah. footlong foals yeah. led the yeah. Eagles to a Super Bowl victory. He played in that Super Bowl and he allowed nine pressures. Yeah. So I, I mean, mean, it's just I've, I've heard analysts say that he gets knocked on his behind a little too much. I've heard that as well. I've heard that as well. <sighs> but I mean, can he can he produce? Possibly. Possibly. Who knows? I mean, the Lions don't have a lot of options right now, so that's true. Yeah, you got to. And he's also replacing Rick Wagner, who was just an abysmal signing, a horrendous yeah. signing for how much they were paying him. He was he was supposed to be like a, a rock solid right tackle, yeah, and he he was just terrible. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see, yeah. we'll see. And then Graham and then Glasgow's gone too. Yeah, that they was probably one of their best, if not their best, offensive line. He was the last best, year. yeah. And 
So I guess we'll see. I, I've heard, unless they take an offensive lineman high in the draft, which is probably not going to happen. No. You're looking at an offensive line of Ragnow, Joe Dahl, Decker, Vita, Decker, Vitae, and then who is the who would be the fourth one? Um, <laughs> trying to, who is? What would be the right. position that's left? Left guard. Left. Uh, yes, let me look. I'm looking this up, but just to go back to the Lions' uh, free agent signings with. Desmond Trufant was another interesting one. You know, a guy who's that a little bit older. That was strange. That was very yeah. strange. Yeah, it's very strange. Uh, and then Jamie Collins, too, which was a terrible signing. Yeah. Oh, yes. Paying a guy who's on the wrong side of 30. To get 10, 10 million a year. And then Feast Mode from uh, the oh Patriots. Yeah, oh, Danny Shelton. Yes, that was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's. Uh, Feast Mode, baby. Yeah, it's it's looking like it's going to be Decker, Dahl, Ragnow. Oh wait, that's that's not right. Who are the? Uh, they still have Kenny Wiggins, but that guy was terrible. I'm not. Even, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what that offensive line looks like. But yeah, the the Jamie Collins and Danny Shell, those were just clearly Patriots. You know, former Patriots bias, and then picking picking bringing them over to Detroit, right? You know the Detroit Patriots or whatever. It's it's just so questionable. And I mean, I guess the Desmond Trufant one makes a, you kind of had to bring in a quarterback because Slay wanted out and he was gone. But a guy, I mean, they're not paying him. And luckily, the good thing is they're only paying him like ten a year compared to the almost seventeen that Darius Slay is getting for a guy who's basically the same age, but who Darius Slay has been kind of. Not the same as it was in 2017, but he's still been an elite corner, whereas Desmond Trufant has been, you know, he's had his ups and downs the past couple of years. And injured often. So we'll see with with what's going on with these new signings. I mean, generally, just two least favorite signings in the bunch. Yeah, Jamie Collins was, I think, in my opinion... Sheldon is still... Not, he's only about 25. Right, and they don't... Yeah, so. I don't hate paying any guy who's shown any type of promise to an eight. I who's 25 and showed promise $4 million a year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, ho- I got a little optimism for that one. Um, we sort of head towards the end of this podcast. I love to transition to the rest of the NFL, some of the bigger, as probably the most, the yeah, most grand um, and move of this offseason. Okay, so wait, I'm really quick. I'm looking at Lions offense, too. So it's, you, it's, yeah. you tell Go me ahead. if you hear a name that you think will be in the starting line. Tyrell Crosby. Possibly. He's, he's probably the he's guy. A, is what they, so is Decker. So he, but they the, they just got a right. To- um, Caleb Beninock? No. Well, he would be the backup left guard uh, with Caleb Beninock. Yeah. A Wisconsin guy, Ben Schwassel. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I really, I don't know. Probably going to move. See, I don't know. I think he's probably going to move to guard. I would so think we'll right there. So, uh, so the question is, who are we looking at at center? So, yeah. I guess we'll see. And then tackles he got. Uh, yeah. So I guess we'll see. But would you like to? Uh, kind of strange. Um, I'm quarterback two years and 60 million who has kind of just and. Obviously, there's some correlation with his production going down, and this doesn't seem to me like he has a ton left in the tank. No, I thought this was definitely... I have not been high on Jameis Winston. There's no doubt about that. I have not been very high on him. He was like... Maybe it's like kicking and screaming, where the goalie, <laughs> the goalie could see... Yeah. Maybe Jameis just needs some glasses. Yeah, and then, wasn't that kid... Right. Wasn't that kid's Dale, but maybe Phil Lewis, that, I think his name yeah. was? Maybe it was a that type of situation a while ago, especially in the NFL where things are so cutthroat. Right. And, and, and people – I was kind of surprised that – especially in the, the, the Bruce Arians to, to – I think you could – Mike Evans is obviously elite, but I could say – I think receiver in the NFL. So how is Tom Brady – how is his arm going to look? Is he going to be able to get Howard, who's probably – who's definitely going to be looking for a bounce-back year because 
Jameis Winston only would throw to especially with his rookie contract dwindling down, and he's probably hoping he can make a deal or something like that. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll see. He's got weapons, no doubt, and kind of surprised that Todd Gurley did not end up going to the Buccaneers that Todd Gurley to get a, you know, more high-end running back. But I look, I believe, I I mean, Todd Gurley's only getting five mil a year. That's all he got? Sir, gone. Right, like, but I feel like they were gone for a, like. They, I mean, they weren't. They weren't, but I think it's just been a slow, just chipping. Yeah, really, he's going at his arthritic knee. His knees, and he's just a, isn't what he used to be. And you know, obviously, the Rams saw that and cut him. Yeah, and he's only twenty five. If you can believe that, I know. Ridiculous. Just two years ago, he was like MVP discussion. Yeah, and now he's, but that's just the life of a running back in the NFL. So I was kind of surprised he ended up going to Atlanta, but I guess it is. Maybe they're thinking he's going back home. Yeah, Georgia, a little home cooking will go dogs. Help him get they go dogs will help him uh, get his former glory. But we'll see. Yeah, that was a kind of a surprising deal. And then the Philip Rivers to Indianapolis, I would also yeah, that was strange. I, that was that was strange, but. I actually don't hate it for the Indianapolis Colts. I don't hate it because you can see last year that Jacoby Brissett just isn't the guy. No. He's a backup. He's a backup. He's, he's a, a he's very a, good backup. That's what he is. He's a very serviceable backup that can come in and win you a game when you need it against a, a lesser team. He's not going to blow the game. Right. But Eli Manning. Bring, he's an Eli no, Manning. No, he's absolutely not. That is, that is dis, <laughs> that's disrespectful. But – He's he he just showed he wasn't the guy. And Philip Rivers is obviously older, thirty eight, but he's he's hungry. He's hungry for that that championship, that Super Bowl ring that he's never gotten. And clearly, things kind of fell apart with him and the Chargers. It just wasn't going to work out, even though he still had still was a very respected player on the team. But they're just hoping that a new scenery can kind of rejuvenate him a little bit. And on what is a very talented. Colts team. Well, right, yeah. I mean, people, even after Andrew Luck left, people were still picking him to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, because I mean, they have a great offensive line. They yep, have good running Marlon, game. Mack, Marlon Mack. They still have T.Y. Zach Pascal, And then, I'm trying to think. Jack I, I, Doyle. Have, oh, God. He sucks. <laughs> but, uh, um, they have, uh, they have Funches still. Devin, I know yeah, they, they had him. Last, I think he was on a one-year deal, so I think he'll be. Well, gone. he was like hurt all last year. Yeah, so maybe they could, you know, boost up a little of the wide receiving core in the draft. Oh, Paris Campbell. Him. Paris Campbell's their other oh, guy. Oh, Paris Campbell had a had a nice had a nice year last year, but he uh, before he got hurt. But yeah, I hope maybe they could. They're going to want to boost up their receiving core a little bit for Rivers before the start of the year, but. The defense is pretty is rock solid too, so you have a I mean you got a good roster and Frank Reich is I think a very good head coach. Right. So you got a solid roster and if Phil Rivers can uh, can get a little bit of his old juju back, hmm. maybe uh, maybe they can make a little run and make a go of things. But I thought that was a pretty good signing because I I'm under the assumption that they will be drafting a quarterback. In one of the middle rounds, maybe like or, three or four. So, or Andrew Luck comes back next season. I don't know, man. That'd be kind of juicy. That would be juicy, but I don't. Andrew Luck isn't. He's not a flip flopper like like Brett Favre or you know one of those guys where they they retire and unretire. He seems like a guy who made up his mind and is just kind of going to go his own way. I mean, could it happen? Sure. Like, but he had some pretty bad injuries, and I'm sure he is seeing what is ha- what what happens to older quarterbacks with debilitating injuries, and how they just kind of fall off and just keep getting pounded. So I don't know. It's I I really don't think he would end up coming back, but anything can happen in the NFL. Right. Yeah. Only only things for sure is that nothing is for sure, and that the lines suck, and, and that the lines are terrible. And they will always be terrible. Yeah. And, as oh long God. as that old lady's running the team. Oh, Martha. And then they got Sheila waiting in line. Sheila waiting in line is a bigger idiot than, than the one before her. 
I know. But so I guess we'll uh, we'll I mean we'll we'll see with the lines, but I my hope is not high this year. I think Patricia and Quinn are. I think yeah. I think, this is their, I, I think they're going to be I yeah think they're going to be gone. Yeah, I think you're kind of just waiting for another regime change and. Just hoping that the next hire is the right hire, but it's probably not going to be, and no. we'll probably have another mediocre regime in G- the GM's office and the head coaching spot, and then in another five, maybe four or five years, we'll do it again, and the cycle goes on and on as it has for about 70 years now. So, yeah, I've 60. been rebuilt, rebuilding since 1957, baby. Yep, yep, so we're right around the corner. You would think. We're right on the cusp of being done with the rebuild. glory. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see. But, I mean, other than that, I'm trying to think of some of the bigger free agent signings that happened this offseason. And, I mean, nothing really compares to to Rivers or Brady. I think those were two of the biggest. Yeah. I I think one one of the smaller ones that happened recently was Ebron to... The Steelers. Steelers, yes. That was a good signing, I, think, I thought. I, I thought too. They didn't. They got. They didn't have to pay that much, and I think he could be a nice target for Big Ben, who's coming back. But I think I think the Steelers need to. I would love to see the Steelers draft Jameis Winston, or not draft sign. sign him. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I, I mean, yeah, it wouldn't be a bad idea because you know Ben like, plays a backup to Big Ben, right? Who, uh, you know. I hope he does well, rooting for him. But but he's at the end of the line. I don't see him making this. I don't know he's at the end of the line. He's not what he used to be in. I don't see the chances of him making it this entire year without getting hurt. Well, did you see Very his? High. Did you see his quarantine video? Yeah, his like beard. Well, and what I love about about like famous rich people is that in a situation like this, they're telling them to do. They're they're telling normal people to do things that just aren't realistic for them. Like, Big Ben was asking all his kids, what's your favorite thing to do when being while being quarantined? And one of his sons was like, my favorite thing to do is go hit golf balls in the backyard. It's like, okay, not everybody has a, a GD driving range in their backyard. I know, like, people are... <laughs> they're like, yes, yeah, like- and then Ben's like, this. see, there's a lot of things you can do while in quarantine. It's like, well, no, Ben, I can't go golf in my backyard. And then yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger's sitting in a hot tub the size of, like, a small house or a tiny house, yeah. and he's like, hey, just hang out, man. It's so easy. And it's like, okay, yeah, if I had a 12,000-square-foot house and all the amenities that come with that, I'd probably... I mean, you can kind of tell the demographic he's talking to. It's like the, you know, the, the upper middle class on Twitter because t- he's not talking about the, the people no, who are working hourly about... jobs and, no. <laughs> you know, and that aren't able to work right now and are trying to make ends meet. So Yeah, hey, yeah, tell I McDonald's think... you're not coming in today and just stay home and hit golf balls in your backyard. Yeah, in your backyard or just chill out in your, you know, 40-foot jacuzzi. Right, yeah, just, just tell them. And it's easy, man. You just got to yeah. hang out. It's I know it's 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 ridiculous, but that's the times we're in. These are crazy times. <laughs> yeah, but uh, anything else? Anything else stand out to you from NFL free agency? <sighs> uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, uh, I thought the Slay trade was a good trade for the Eagles. Oh yeah, they've had a very good off season. That, I think they've had a very good off season. I think that 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 is going to really solidify their defensive back unit which was decimated by injury last year yeah it was terrible and i think are they bringing back jalen mills did i see that correctly i thought so. i think i saw that yes and so they're gonna have a better you know defensive back unit so that right, and then jenkins is gone yeah. everyone's yeah, favorite jenkins sjw malcolm jenkins is gone yeah he's at the saints uh yep. so that's that's an interesting one but uh you know, that's the. I mean, he's probably just looking for a ring, but I don't. I don't understand the deal that Drew Brees got—a two-year, whatever, he, whatever it is. He's getting like twenty-five mil or something, twenty mil. Yeah, that's something just a so. that's just a respect deal. That's just. It's a you, respect deal, but I don't. You have? Did you? They see? Oh, I must say, Teddy Bridgewater to the Panthers. I loved. I love that deal. Really it's a great deal. I love that deal. I think he is. Because he's definitely better than Kyle Allen. 
Right. He can actually throw the ball downfield without throwing picks. But he also is a guy who can, you know, is not he's not an idiot. He doesn't he doesn't really throw that many interceptions. Right. So he could dump it off to Christian McCaffrey and let him go to work. Yeah, I've always I've always thought highly of Teddy Bridgewater. It's just kind of strange when you still have Cam Newton and it's just like yeah. you kind of took away all his value because now everybody knows you can't really keep him. Well, I don't think he has much value, to be honest. I mean, maybe not, but they solidified they solidified having him having no value when they signed Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, but so I mean, we'll see. It's uh, the, the Drew Brees signing was interesting, considering his arm dies come playoff time every year, right? Uh, and he can't throw that deep ball, especially on the road. No, so, no, not outside. So we'll see about that. But I thought it was a pretty exciting free agency, um, and the Lions blew it. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, so that's it. All good? Oh, yeah. I think we covered it. Uh, thank you all for, for listening. Stay safe out there. Mm-hmm. You know, watch yourself. So, you know, if you're feeling sick, make sure you uh, self-monitor. And if you're in Michigan, stay home and stay safe. Yep, as our fearless leader, Gretchen Whitmer, has yes. said today. Um, yep. All right, I think that, right, that's it. You. Yeah, I'll uh, yep. catch you on the flippity flip. Yep, I'll see you later. All right. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.